Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament preaching podcast for everyone who loves the Bible. I'm Rachel Wren. And I'm Tim McNinch. The first reading this week takes us way, way back to Genesis 1, 1 through 5, which is the first reading for January 10th, 2021, which is also the Baptism of the Lord Sunday. I shouldn't say that so... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Makes it sound like kind of scandalous. Jesus is baptized. (laughs) Baptism of the Lord. (laughs) Which is also the Baptism of the Lord Sunday. Is it also Epiphany? Well, so Epiphany doesn't fall on a Sunday this year, so sometimes when that happens, some churches will choose to celebrate Epiphany on the Baptism Sunday, but I don't know what y'all are going to be preaching on for New Testament stuff, but Genesis 1 is your text for whatever the Sunday it is you're doing. All sorts of liturgical stuff happening here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so we're back at the beginning. Uh, What do you have for us, Rachel? Well... To start off this podcast today, I have something a little bit different. I have a Hebrew lesson mm-hmm. and a little more than just kind of the words here and words there that we do. I'm going to actually suggest for everyone who's listening to this podcast right now that you mark down the time because what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you the first two verses of the Bible in Hebrew. And then I'm going to encourage you to use those two verses to begin your sermon for this week. So as we do this, I'll say the whole thing first, and then I'll say it a phrase at a time. And and Tim, you can do the listener's part for repeating after me. So I'll say it, and then you and the listeners will kind of repeat it back to me. And then we'll do it once more all together. And my suggestion is going to be that you listen to this throughout this week so that you're ready on Sunday morning to wow your congregation with the first two verses of the Bible in Hebrew. Okay, you ready? <laughs> always, always. All right, so here's the first two verses. Bereshit bara Elohim, et hashamayim v'et ha'aretz, v'ha'aretz hayata tohu v'avohu, v'choshek al panei tahom, v'ruach Elohim merachefet al panei hamayim. Okay. So that was the first two verses in Hebrew. And now we'll do the repeating part together. I'll say it and then you say it back. Sounds good. Bereshit bara Elohim. Bereshit bara Elohim. Et hashamayim v'et ha'aretz. Et hashamayim v'et ha'aretz. V'ha'aretz hayita. Vehaaretz hayata Tohu vavohu Tohu vavohu Vehoshek alpane tehom Vehoshek alpane tehom Veruach Elohim Veruach Elohim Merachefet Merachefet Alpane hamaim Okay, very good. So you've just memorized the first two verses of the Bible in Hebrew, or you will have. Once you've listened to this maybe three to five times a day over the next week. And if you feel like, oh, I can't do that, don't sell yourself short. You'll be amazed at how quickly it'll come to stick with you. 
Rachel's okay. memorized it, right? I have. Yeah, exactly. Right. Here, you do it. Do it from memory. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm, I've got my eyes covered. Tim can say that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz ve'ha'aretz hayata tohu va'vohu va'choshek al panei tahom v'ruach Elohim mira hefet al panei hamayim. Amen. Done. All right. Excellent. So- that's going to be y'all on Sunday, once you've listened to this a couple of times every day and just practiced it. So now the big question is, why would I be encouraging you to start your sermon with these two verses when it's the baptism of our Lord Sunday? Is that the question that's coming to your mind, Tim? That is exactly the question that was coming to my mind. <laughs> okay, great. So if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on Psalm 148. And I made an argument that it was the perfect psalm to capture the moment when the veil between the world sacred and the world profane split for just a second. And in that fissure, in that moment, all of creation bucked with praise. This is another one of those moments, except it's even more primordial. It's the moment when all things began. And and hearing that moment in Hebrew, in this ancient, ancient language, draws us into the mystical nature of what happened at creation. It sort of sets the stage and paints for us the image of a brooding deity crouched over a shadowy plain or of a spirit that hovers like a mother bird over chaotic waters, formless and void. And into that chaos that is full of emptiness, God speaks. And to prepare your people for hearing about that speech, It helps to give them the scene in the language that first described that moment. So that's one piece is just like, this is a gorgeous moment. Like do it justice Mm -hmm. in the language that first described it. But there's another reason too. When Mark, if you are going to preach on the baptism, which is natural to do on the baptism of our Lord Sunday, when Mark describes this image of Jesus's baptism, This is the text he's using to frame and communicate his message about Jesus's baptism. So if you want to understand Jesus's baptism, you got to understand this text first. Yeah, I was just, I had to open it up and look at it, Rachel. And so we have in those days, this is Mark 1, starting in verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. There's the waters. As he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. There's so much going on there. Just those few verses that draws from this text. It's totally Markan, right? It's, it's just a quintessential Mark thing to do with so few words to draw so much into it. But just some of the things you named, first of all, the waters. So coming up out of the waters is very normal if you're being baptized at this time. Mm -hmm. But it also brings to mind this primordial water that the spirit hovers over in verse two or sweeps over this water. And And we have the spirit here in Mark, right? Sort of the the dove descending upon Jesus. Yes, exactly. So the the spirit coming down, which is also kind of coming down over the waters because Jesus Mm -hmm. is in the water. And then you have this beautiful moment in Genesis 1 where God speaks. 
And we didn't get to this. I wasn't going to make you memorize the first five verses in Hebrew, though that would be fantastic. <laughs> but the first thing God does in this text is to speak. And, and what does God from the heavens do in Mark 2, Tim, that you just read? The voice of God speaks. Yes, exactly. In Genesis 1, God speaks light into existence. And if you were to go through the whole text, what you'd actually find is that God speaks creation into existence. Nothing exists before God speaks it so. What is the thing that God then speaks into existence in Mark? If we take that concept and, and look at that in Mark too. Yeah, yeah. So if, if Genesis 1 is the moment of creation, then maybe what Mark is doing is talking about a moment of recreation, new yeah. creation. Yeah, exactly. Th this is kind of a hard text to preach sometimes because it's like, okay, this happened. Nice. What do I preach on? You know, do I talk about my, our baptism as humans? Do I talk about the fact that this happened? But what God is doing here is something fantastic. God is doing another creation, a new creation, but this time on a, a micro level. So in Genesis 1, it's a macro level. It's all of existence. Here it is speaking something into existence over Jesus, and perhaps even more than that for the people around Jesus that hear this voice saying, this is my son, the beloved. All of a sudden, there's this great big flag that God is about to do something new. And it's going to center on this person going on right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about the way that Mark begins, <laughs> we're both like Old Testament scholars, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lifelong fascination with the book of Mark. Oh my gosh, and, me too. And what I love about the way Mark opens is that it's just this like loaded spring yeah. that's just waiting for the moment to release and blast off into this nonstop rapid fire, uh, you know, ministry of Jesus. And yeah. it all, it's like, this is the moment where it's like reached its full potential. Mm. Jesus is there coming up out of the water and there's this moment. Mm. And it's just like in Genesis one, where all of the potential of the universe is sort mm. of compacted into this one moment where the spirit of God is hovering over the primordial waters. And then boom, yeah. God said, let there be light. And then it all blasts off from there. And then it goes. Exactly. Exactly. So there's one more thing, one more connection I'd like to draw between Genesis 1 and Mark. And that's the last few verses. Because to our mind, they can sound kind of strange. It says in verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, a first day. And that's beautiful. First of all, there's a rhythm to it. There's a cadence to it so that even the, the words themselves are structured. But what I'd want to draw the attention to that is the way that God is ordering things in this Genesis story. This is a story, the whole thing when you read it is about God taking all of this chaos and all of this creation and all this new life and giving an order to it. Mm -hmm. And if you take that and superimpose that onto Jesus and to what God does through Jesus in the New Testament, and especially in Mark, is that God is almost like inverting order or breaking order. But of course, it's human order. It's human mm -hmm. orders of sin or human orders of um, selfishness, which have oppressed people. 
And what God is doing is almost allowing creation to break through those into the order that God established at the beginning, that God created and called good. So it's it's a recreation that ruptures, but it ruptures into something broader and into something you know better that God ordains for all of creation. Yeah, I've never thought about it that way. That's a really interesting way to look at it. I'm going to have to meditate on that. Yeah, there you go. Well, what a fun, fun way to play with this text mm. uh, in a way that still gives you a sermon for Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. Yeah, nice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's All right. the goal. Well, friends, that should wrap us up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. You can find all of our episodes and all of that good stuff on our website. It's firstreadingpodcast.com. And uh, also check us out on Facebook. We say it every week, but hey, there's actually stuff there. Yeah. So do check it out. You can follow us there and all that good, good stuff too. Until next time, I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. Happy preaching. <laughs> <laughs>